Welcome to Radically Better, the podcast where we talk about how to leverage marketing to get radically better results in business and for the world. I'm your host, Erin Morris, and I'm the founder of purpose-driven marketing agency, Young Folks. We live and breathe using business as a force for good on the daily, and we can't wait to share everything we've learned on the journey with you. This episode is a very special live recording of our June Good Mornings Breakfast Talk series held at the Frankston Social Enterprise Hub. Each month, we invite a purpose-driven leader to share in a conversation about using business as a force for good. This month, Andrew Vanderbeek, the founder of Illuminate, a purpose-driven accounting, bookkeeping and advisory practice, joins us for a chat about purpose and profit. Turns out you can have both. In fact, both are essential. Let's dive in. Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for coming today to our June Good Mornings. Um, My name is Erin and I'm the founder and uh, director at Young Folks and I'll be your MC today. Um, Before we jump in, I just wanted to acknowledge the traditional landowners in which we are gathered today, the Boonwurrung people. Um, especially this week in Reconciliation Week, um, where it's a really important time to reflect on how we can be more connected to country and to our First Nations um, people here as well. Um, Our guest today is Andrew Vanderbeek from Illuminate, Purpose Driven Accounting Practice. Um, Certainly a lot of purpose in what you do. And we also have Sky here today as well, who's the fabulous new host extraordinaire of the Frankston Social Enterprise Hub. And for anyone that was here last time, I can see we've got the fantastic gardening crew here today for our beautiful background track. So uh, we'll just try and use our big outside voices. You got this, mate. Yeah. Give me a trim whilst I'm here. Yeah, lady. exactly. I think Carly's going to send them on their way. Um, excellent. It's not quite as bad as the leaf floor. That was a really spectacular backing track last time that really added to the vibe. So, welcome my friend. Thanks bud. I wanted to, I wanted to gather with you today because we talk a lot in this monthly series about purpose-driven businesses and what it takes to kind of bring your purpose to life through business. Um, and I know that you've got a bit of a different approach to the way you do things at Illuminate. Obviously there's the, the need to keep your clients out of jail with all of the compliance work. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a big element of helping them bring their vision to life in a way that is financially sustainable mm-hmm. as well. And so I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your background and at Illuminate and what inspired you to take a different approach there as well. Excellent. I love it when a marketer gets to introduce you because they just articulate things so much better than you'd be able to do it yourself. So thank you, Erin. Um, yes. So. Uh, uh, I run an accounting business that goes by the name of Illuminate uh, and uh, going back a good 11 years or so, um, that business was started with the idea of how frustrated we were that how transactional the world of accounting can be and you might resonate with that in some of your careers and and how maybe monotonous or boring sometimes it can be Uh, and I found myself just being frustrated with I'm just putting numbers in a box to keep someone out of jail as opposed to actually creating impact and doing something with more purpose. 
Um, uh, that then led to a bit of realization of like, hold on a second, but like behind every number in a box is a business and behind every business is a person, behind every person is a family, a community and other people that you actually can create impact in. Uh, and so the idea was born around Illuminate being more, uh, more relational intended than transactional intended. Now, um, we're not the first accounting firm to have ever done that, the first business to have ever done that. Um, what I've learned over the years is what we did like 11 years ago, people did 25 years ago, 50 years ago. So we're just iterating upon that now. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess fast forward to where we are now, um, we've really built uh, Illuminate off the core um, part of being very relational. So one of our core values is relationships always. Uh, and then a few things that have kind of come out from that as well. Um, uh, impact is a really big thing for me, um, but not necessarily about oh, we want to save the planet. We want to save the planet, but recognising what can we actually impact and how can we do that. And we know that we can create impact on our clients' lives and what they can then con contribute to their community, but also to give them a bit more of a sense of well-being in their own kind of personal state too. So uh, we do that through putting numbers in boxes and keeping people out of jail, but having broader conversations. So our services range from bookkeeping, uh, we do uh, tech advisory, so cloud-based technology information advisory. Uh, we have accounting compliance services, tax returns, those kind of things. And we also deliver what, what we refer to as advisory services, which are really having broader conversations with people around their business, what they're wanting to do, and hopefully helping to guide them to make good decisions so that those businesses are long-term sustainable. Beautiful. So yeah, that's us. That's you. And there's there's a lot of talk at the moment in the business community about purpose. Mm. We're seeing the B Corp movement growing faster than it ever has before. Social enterprise movements growing faster than it ever has before. And there's been this real focus on having more purpose in our work. Mm. Um, anecdotally, a lot of that's been attributed to the shift that that global shift that came from the pandemic, the great kind of reflection of like, are we doing things the way that we want to do them? Yep. Um, but within that, there's also this challenge of, can we do this purpose thing and also make sure that we can keep food on the table, keep our doors open as businesses, keep paying our staff and all of these things. And there's, there's often a bit of a danger um, in purpose of like overshooting the purpose piece too early mm. and then burning out mm. your business model before being able to realise that. I think it's all the, the, the scale of purpose that people are mm. trying to achieve too. So one of the things like as an accountant that we're privy to is like, is this purpose-based business actually profitable? Are they actually sustainable? Can mm. they actually continue to do what it is they're aiming to do? Mm. Um, and I don't have any hard statistics to back this up other than like my, what I see and what I feel, but most businesses that are purpose only are not doing well. Most mm. businesses that are profit only are doing okay, but eventually they're going to fall off a cliff because people will see it. Businesses that kind of ignore both, weirdly enough, are sometimes better than the businesses that are purpose or profit only, because they kind of just dig holes and get on with it. Uh, but the businesses that look mm -hmm. to how they can combine the two elements of, I want to have impact and purpose, but I want to ensure that I'm making profit and there's mm. sustainability. Those are the businesses that more often than not are performing at a much higher level and have more sustainability and are able to get through things at mm. times. You talked about, you know, the pandemic and that, you know, businesses that had a understanding of purpose and profit were able to work together through that. Whereas people who are only profit level were shitting themselves because they're not going to make any money. And people that were purpose level were overstressed because all they were doing was trying to do purpose and they had no money to feed themselves kind of thing. So mm. it's, it's a weird dynamic. Uh, and then when you look at it around, well, what is purpose as well? Um, is this a business that's trying to change the world and save, save the world? Or is this a business that just wants to make sure it's a safe environment for their team and their people? Mm. Just wants to use less paper where they can, that wants to be um, you know, more uh, impactful, donate some money to a local charity. 
And I think the broadness of purpose is a really challenging one because a lot of people think that to be a purpose-based business, you have to have this enormous impact statement and you have to be 100% driven by everything you do. And that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. Um, but it almost makes people who are, feel, who are not doing that scale of impact mm -hmm. kind of like they're not doing anything mm -hmm. when in fact they actually might be doing more because they're more sustainable and they're able to do that over a longer period of time. Mm. I think it's almost like that sort of shooting star analogy. We see like those purpose-driven businesses that kind of c come out shining brightly like a shooting star, but they mm. fizzle out really quickly as well. And certainly this year, as we've seen, um, you know, venture capital dial back, government funding that's supported a lot of businesses through the pandemic dial back as well. Mm. It's kind of like everyone's being caught out in their underwear, like this is what's really happening. <laughs> and it's funny, and all us yeah. accounts are sitting back going, we told you so, <laughs> like you can't have a business that's making like a 2% gross profit um, before any overhead expenses. It's, it's not possible, you're, you're constantly having to find money. Mm. And, and this is probably something we do see with um, people who are uh, trying to go hardcore at the social enterprise level or the charitable level, the purpose level mm. without understanding a business model is they constantly got their hand out, which is okay. Um, but in, in kind of circles I spend a lot of time in, like when you're giving money, you want to give money or, or put money in an environment to give people a hand up, not a hand out. You want to you mm. allow them to become sustainable so then they can do that mm. going forward. But when you've got purpose-based businesses that are constantly living off the next grant, mm. there's danger there that a government policy changes or that a, an employee moves on and no lo you no longer have that impact and all of a sudden your business model completely collapses. Mm. So how do we actually look at these purpose-based businesses and say, well, what are you doing to have a level of sustainability so you're not so mm. heavily reliant on? And it's almost like the money that you might get from grants or communities and those kind of things mm. is like the cream that really allows you to kind of push through and do more, but you can at least meet the needs of what you're trying to achieve at a, at yeah. a, at a kind of base level. So the essential kind of ingredient here is have a sustainable business model as the foundation yep. of your operations and build on that, how I mean, you can well, you, kind of grow you, from that. And like you said, the grants can be the, like, the difference between you getting to that growth goal this year or yep. next year, yep. you know, it's, it's fast tracking things. It is, but also if yeah. you think about it, like um, if you're not making profit, you, you, you will not be sustainable mm. or you won't have the funds to contribute to the things you want to. So it, it, is, a, it is a really hard balance. Now it's not yeah. saying you should just go like coal and oil industry <laughs> and like, let's just make a shit ton of money and then we'll just like cover it up with like, oh, we planted some trees. Like <laughs> yeah. we're not saying that, but what we're saying is more a matter of like uh, understanding that you need to be commercially minded in how you make decisions. Yeah. So if that thing, you need to sell it for $10, you need to sell it for $10. If you sell it for $8, it's not sustainable. You won't make enough profit and you can't continue on. The mm. people that you've employed won't have a job in a year or two's time. The people that um, mm. maybe came and bought for you, you're gonna no longer be there and there's no longer that environment for mm. them to be at. So it's really looking at that model and saying, well, what does it need to be so that I'm still having my impact and living out mm. my purpose, but it's sustainable and it's profitable as yeah. well. And when we say sustainable, we mean the business model is sustainable Correct. in that it's got longevity. It can self-sustain yeah. itself. We're self not talking about trees. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about trees, but yeah. it's, it's, it, is this business yeah. able to continue year on year on year yes. and forge towards what it's trying to achieve? Yeah. And we want to confront this topic today because we want to see more businesses with purpose thriving yeah, and totally. surviving and staying in business for longer and longer and longer. And I know for us at Young Folks, like our kind of very utopian kind of vision is a world where we don't have to choose between 
you know, the good for the world choice and the cheaper choice mm -hmm. that's not good for the world. We mm -hmm. want it to be like together. It's a no brainer. Anyone can yep. just pick and you know that it's doing the right thing. And that's an extremely lofty vision for us to have. But our hope is that if we do this kind of marketing to get these businesses that are very purpose driven and impactful to that state where they are like on an equal footing with the, the cheaper, mm -hmm. cheaper, nasty kind of option, that's where we're going to see that shift. So we're very, very invested in seeing these businesses thrive financially as well so that they can become that choice in the mm. long term. So we've kind of talked about some of the challenges. What are you seeing, you know, in the back end of the numbers that you have kind of, you've got this sort of access to all areas past, if you like, mm -hmm. that many of us don't have. What are you kind of seeing that businesses are getting right? What sort of checkboxes should we be thinking about as a purpose-driven business to make sure that our model is sustainable? Yeah, it's interesting. So I guess it depends where the business is at. So yeah. have they been training for a while and kind of woken up one day and mm -hmm. went, you know what? I want to I want to act with more purpose. Yeah. Or are they starting day one? So you've got kind of two different situations here. Mm. Uh, I think businesses who have been training for a while who want to be purpose driven, it's really you have to be really careful that you don't just flick the switch over and overnight you've just totally changed everything. Because what that does is it creates uh, chaos mm. internally. Team members are like, hey, this is awesome, but what the fuck? <laughs> um, you know, externally, you might lose a significant chunk of your um, kind of client base, supporter base, because they're like, hold on, I was supporting you because of this, and now you're that, and whilst that's cool, I'm going to go over here and do that instead. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're an existing business, you need to look at how you transition that in mm -hmm. a way that it eventually comes through as mm -hmm. opposed to immediately. Uh, mm -hmm. If you're a new business, um, you need to spend a heck of a lot of time in the early days to actually understand this is what we want to do from an impact level. This is how we're going to finance that impact level. Mm. These are the decisions we need to make. Um, I, I mean, I'd be remiss of me to say you should probably have a chat with your accountant um, about <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, you know, what does that model look like and how do I do that? Um, and I think there's also mental resilience that comes in there too. Mm. If you're about to step into the world of business and you haven't been in the world of business or you have, but you're about to do it, you really need to understand, well, what am I about to find myself in? Mm. Um, statistics out there show that... Um, uh, overwhelmingly, small business owners have a much lower well-being than the general population. Overwhelmingly. Um, they're more stressed out, they've got more things on their plate, financially they're in challenge. So like, you, if you're about to do that and put purpose on top, mm -hmm. um, obviously there's a greater burden than you're about to carry. So how do we make mm -hmm. sure that you're in a, as best as a position as possible to work? work through that kind of stuff. So as an individual, you can perform when you're making those decisions. Yeah. Um, which didn't really answer anything to do with accounting and numbers, but it's really about pre being prepared and understanding your timing on these decisions. Um, it doesn't have to be immediate. You don't have to have it tomorrow. As long as you have a, a goal in place and you're working towards ticking those things off over yeah. time. So the, the takeaway is if you're going from, I have not embedded purpose in my model yet, and I'm already an established business, make a transition plan to do that. Yep. And I know in marketing, we often talk about like the things that you put out there um, will either attract or repel mm -hmm. people to your business. And that's the point of marketing. You want to draw in the people that are the right aligned audiences and sort of repel the ones that aren't. Not repelling in an awful way, but kind of, they're not interested. They're yeah. never going to look at you and be like, that's us, that's who we need. Um, so having that transition plan is important because if you did that overnight like a lever and lost all of your clients mm. or customers like that. Or spend an absolute truckload of money that you don't actually have to spend. To do that purpose mm. shift, then that's a really big hit. Mm. So plan for that transition to that purpose state. So set that vision up. And this is where you kind of get into like accounting ties into your brand strategy and your marketing strategy. You'll set up that vision and that mission and that purpose mm. and then make sure that 
the, the really heart-led part of what you're doing is underpinned by yep. a model that's actually going to be sustainable long-term. I think one of the challenges in the early days as well, and, and, and forgive me for being quite open and frank about some of this stuff, but there is a lot of people out there that will tell you how to run business because they run a business. Mm -hmm. I would say that more often than not, they're actually not good at running a business. Um, they're just talking about how they are because they're trying to attract more people to their business to spend more money so then that maybe their business will eventually be good. Mm -hmm. And I know a number of like purpose-led, um, popular businesses throughout the country or even locally um, that are potentially held in high regard because of the mm -hmm. way they communicate and put that stuff out. And then people listen and go, oh, great, I'll, I'll listen to you because clearly you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have the accounting acumen, you look at the numbers back and you're like, actually, the business is fucked. Um, <laughs> but, but it looks like they're doing really well because yeah. they're great at marketing. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not saying this business is that case, but Thank You is probably a really good example of this. They're going through this massive change in Thank You right now. And realistically, Thank You is a giant marketing agency almost mm. of trying to promote change and whatnot. And so they're drawing everybody in, but the reality is, is their business model failed. So at what point do we listen to people whose business models have failed and go, okay, good, well, we should do what you did because actually it didn't work. Mm. And I'm not saying that, that stories from people who have failed are bad, mm. but how much attention are we giving when we're looking to start and grow our business mm. and say, well, I'll do what you did because mm. it actually doesn't work. How do we make sure we have the, the right level of input and understand how this business needs to operate to mm. be sustainable? I feel like there's a whole nother like session or conversation in like the fine line between learning from failure and romanticizing failure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, when you think, speaking of that kind of failure piece, when you think about, I want to kind of flip it and we come back to what are some of the purpose initiatives that people are doing that are, that are going to avoid that sort of failure like if you're just getting started or you've got some elements of purpose integrated in your business model already um, what, could, what could that look like in initiatives that are successful so I think some, an example that we've talked about is like you know we often might jump straight to like I must plant 10 trees for every product sold or mm -hmm. I must be 100% carbon neutral and these things are all awesome and there's certainly things that like some of those things we've done as well at Young Folks but also going into like having a really great employee value proposition and an employee wellbeing program can be a great way to mm. embed purpose in your business because if your people that you employ aren't taken care of and looked after and have reliable incomes and safe working environments and, and psychological safety at work and that connection and collaboration, they're not going to feel good and mm. they're not going to do a good job and go home to their families feeling well either. So I wanted to kind of chat about some mm. of the things that you've seen, and I know you've implemented some things yourself at yep. Illuminate around purpose that might not come to mind first when people are thinking about how can I be purpose-led. Yeah, and, and you hit the head on the nail there really well. It's like, as you have a business that grows and you've got a number of employees, if you're the person that has to lead the purpose, like it's, it's like you're trying to drag everyone along, right? But if you can mm. create an environment where it's safe, it's comfortable and it's open to explore what that looks like, mm. have a voice and, and what, you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to encourage your team to live that purpose out mm -hmm. and the identity of the business in and of itself then morphs and changes over time mm. because it's not about who you are, it's about who we are collectively. Mm -hmm. um, so a couple of things that we've done or, or attempted to do uh, at Illuminate um, is we've given everyone effectively a free gym membership because we recognise if we can look after people's physical well-being that mentally they'll be in a better state. We know that they'll be uh, able to potentially work better but they might approach things with a clearer mind as well. And it's something simple. They just get a couple of free training sessions, literally a five-minute walk from our office. Every week they can go and, and, and it's kind of 
up to them whether they use it or not. Mm -hmm. um, so little things like that to create an environment is, mm. is I think, really valuable. Um, there's often the, the purpose level of like, do I have to be the business that's doing the thing or can I be the business that's contributing to people that are doing the thing as mm -hmm. well? Um, and I, I'll see a lot of businesses that are going, oh, we've set up this fund or we've set up this charity or we're going to go mm -hmm. and dig holes for a day or we're going to go and do that. I think there's the balance of understanding, is it better, better use of our time to do the activity or to donate to the activity? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I can't remember who, who is, I was talking to. There's a friend of mine who's another accountant who's in a purpose-based environment mm -hmm. too. And he was talking about, well, if I can use my time to generate X amount of money, um, and then I can give this over here and they can do good with it, or I can spend my time to do this amount of money and that much to do their activity, mm. there's much less impact and contribution that I'm able to do. Mm. So I think that's something to think about as, as businesses as well. Like we, we do things here and there. I'd love mm. us to do a significant amount more. Um, the world of accounting over the last four or five years has been pretty bedlam with the pandemic and then the um, mm. recurring kind of blow on the, what that's been. So we haven't been able to be as physically present in mm. those activities, mm -hmm. but just being mindful of the actions that you can take and how you contribute to. So it mm. could be little things around, hey, at a team day, we're gonna make sure we have someone to come in and have a conversation about wellness or about the local indigenous community and those kind of understanding mm. of that bits. Or, um, I mean, for us, we've been a cloud-based business for years. So removing paper is like, if we see paper around the office, like, oh, what's that thing over there? It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty rare occurrence. Mm. Um, but it's those little things where it's like, you don't have to do something enormous. Mm. You can actually just do a little thing where it's like, oh, cool, we'll just, We'll save things in the cloud instead mm. of printing them out. So kind of thinking about designing your approach to purpose and impact in a way that's quite clever. Like think about your offering as a business and how you can take that offering and create an impact in the way that makes the most sense for your business as Correct. well. So like you said, if it's a case of kind of going, we can generate this amount of revenue if we have our team working at their capacity which gives us a greater ability to like donate and partner with social enterprises or partner mm. like even social procurement like maybe you're sourcing yep. from social enterprises to support implementing the service that you offer so yep. choosing your suppliers carefully or well, we've done choosing that, you know, who the, you donate the to the toilet paper we use yeah. the the um the tea that we drink those kind of things we kind of look at yeah. where we get them from and mm. and if it makes sense financially because sometimes mm. financially look at like I could get the B Corp one but it's like three times the price and if I did mm. that all the time that's just not a smart financial decision, mm. so I might not do that one. But over here, that one actually makes yeah. sense. It might be more expensive, but I'm happy to. Yeah. Um, it's looking at those decisions that mm. you kind of make across there. But, but also for us, like I, mm. I see our business as a, a supply chain towards a social enterprise. Mm. In and of itself, we are not a social enterprise. And I've heard a lot of businesses out there go, oh, we're a social enterprise. There was a, a tech company that we, we know. Oh, we're a social enterprise. And like, oh, what do you do? Oh, we provide technology for people to do A, B, and C. I'm like, no, you're a tech business. You're not also, you're, oh, but we're solving a problem. Like, everybody's solving a fucking problem. Like, but like, you're just, you're, like, how are you actually having an element of actually yeah. contribution? And I'm not here to say what is or isn't a social enterprise, but what we can look at is say, well, part of our purpose is we're part of the supply chain to that. Mm. So if we're working with our clients in a way and communicating in a way that helps them to understand their business more, have a more profitable business, and then we can kind of bring in conversation mm. around purpose and impact, then all of a sudden we're, amplifying that it's not one business doing it, it's 500 businesses doing it mm. and then what does their amplification come from mm. and maybe some of those businesses we're working with are true social impact or charities that are on the ground doing the activities or mm. maybe they're people that are just making small changes that ensures the sustainability of these more social enterprise and charity based mm. businesses yeah fabulous and when you're thinking about 
how businesses kind of they they go through the process of they either design their model from scratch as a startup mm-hmm. to have impact built in from the ground up, or they make that transition plan and they work with their you know their team, whether that be their external suppliers like marketing agencies and accountants and advisors or their internal team of their finance and marketing departments and comms and brand, et cetera, to communicate that transition over a period of time that's not going to cripple them. Mm-hmm. So making that smart change. So we've talked about that's the right way to kind of make the journey into purpose. The next step is then, okay, we've got that embedded. We need to get the team on board and we need to communicate that effectively mm. to our suppliers or our customers. What do you think is the most important piece when it comes to communicating your values and purpose so that it's authentic? Because like we said, you said, there's plenty out there that are saying we're purpose-driven mm. and there's no certification on purpose. Like mm. you can get certified as a social enterprise, you can get certified as a B Corp, everyone, you can get certified I mean, everyone, as carbon everyone neutral. Everyone can be purposeful. Their purpose could be to destroy the planet. It's purpose, yeah, that's a right? Purpose. <laughs> so, I believe that was the purpose <laughs> of, uh, the, of Darth Vader. Yeah, <laughs> he's an old Darth. Oh, good on him. Um, the universe, in fact, the not universe. just the planet. <laughs> So how do you commu- so how do you communicate? Is that like- yeah? How do you communicate it in a way that's authentic and ties back to it actually I feel being like the I model? I should ask you this question. <laughs> being the marketer. So as an accountant um, and as a, I guess as a business owner, mm. um, I'm I'm super conscious of the position that my business plays in the community in in certain topics and certain mm-hmm. things that we go about. Um, I'm conscious of not having, and I, and I know that some people are like, oh, you really should. We're not here to have a black and white, absolute hard line. If you're not, you don't do this, you're a dickhead kind of, kind of, kind of thing. That's not the way that we go about it. Mm. We want to be accepting and understandable of people's perspectives and positions on that, but then also recognising that we personally have a stance on what we feel is appropriate or not mm. and what purpose is. And so I think that communication comes around a little way. So you've got like the in-person kind of style communication, mm-hmm. And then you've got your digital communications. And that's where you kind of say, like, digitally you say one thing, but in real life, is it actually mm-hmm. that way? I think it's important to try and ensure that those two things are actually consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of a number of years ago when Illuminate um, was kind of in an earlier stage of business and we had a more generic style brand and approach and people would walk up our stairs and be like, oh, shit, this is not what I was expecting. This, <laughs> this, you, it, this looks more like a party than an accounting firm. So we had to make sure that we actually marry those things up. So I think from a purpose perspective, make sure that stuff marries up really well is, is mm. probably a first thing to think about. But then the way you communicate that out is it like it can be subtle. It just can be part of your story, right? Mm. So for us, uh, we might share a conversation that we had. We might share a moment where we're at. We might talk about those things. And then in real life conversation, they're, they're actual factual things that have happened. Mm-hmm. We're not necessarily talking too much about aspiration. We're talking about reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a challenging one. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I want to ask you that. <laughs> can you help me do that better? Yeah. So we definitely kind of think about you're communicating your purpose-driven messages, making sure that it's truthful. Yep. to begin with. Yep. So come back to like, what is the foundation that underpins this and commit to some tangible purpose related outcomes. So like you said, it might be our purpose is to focus on, you know, making sure our employees have a really safe and well-being focused environment for them to work. Our purpose is to, you know, equip our clients to have a strong um, financial position so that they can realize their purpose-driven kind of aspirations in a sustainable way Mm. so you've got some pretty clear like inward purpose in terms of team and outward purpose in terms of clients and Mm. they're on their onward sort of on-flowing impact so if i I fly on for that so consistency on that is key oh just a sec so like our our our, uh 
mission statement, our why, Simon Sinek, mm -hmm. start with why, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it, yeah. um, <laughs> is that we want our clients to get out of bed every day and devote their time to what they value the most. Yeah. So it's not necessarily we want to ensure businesses can create and have purpose. So we don't, it doesn't say it there, but then we iterate that through. So in mm -hmm. conversations when we meet clients, so whenever I'm doing like new prospective meetings, I'll ask them what we call Illuminate's golden question. And we have moments where we wave in and out of actually having this conversation. But the golden question is, if you could do one thing tomorrow morning, regardless of time, money or location, when you get out of bed, what would you do? Um, and understanding that, then that's our purpose. Our purpose is to connect to, to deliver that thing mm. so it goes there. Um, but also in prospective client meetings, I've had someone say, oh, I'd have a, a, a mansion in Brighton with an arch driveway. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's fine. Why? Oh, because then I can park all my supercars in the driveway and everyone can see how much money I have. And I was like, sweet, not a client of ours. <laughs> like, all, hey, all respect to you. If that's what you want to go for, like, I'm not here to stop you from doing that, but I'm not here to help you do that as well. Yeah. So we'll move away and we'll find someone else who wants to have yeah. that kind of conversation. Yeah. Yeah, red flag. Yeah. Big, <laughs> big red flag. Absolutely. Um, and that's the thing. We'll do some questions at the end okay. um, if anyone wants to kind of chat about anything. I think before we kind of wrap up, the, the, the last sort of piece I want to touch on is what kind of steps can business owners take to balance purpose and profit in this kind of ever-changing landscape? Because it is this thing where so many of us, and I think everyone in this room today has a real sense of purpose, whether that purpose is being realised through employment or through business ownership. Mm. Um, they want to realise that purpose and feel quite intentional and values-led about how they're living their lives. Yep. How can they do that? What advice do you have for them as like a final kind of piece on bringing that to life in a way that balances that yep. profit and that purpose. Um, I'd probably say structure and accountability. Yeah. So uh, if you create the structure and the environment that you understand what does profitability look like, what actions do I need to take, and then at what point does the impact come, that structure allows you to kind of repeat that approach. Uh, and there's, there's things and things out there, like you might have heard of Profit First, which is kind of like a, a book that talks about cash flow management within businesses. It's kind of good, there's some stuff that's not so good, but it's about creating structure in a way that goes, great, if my goal is to ensure that I give, I don't know, 10 cents out of every transaction towards XYZ, what am I doing in what structure to record and make sure that's happening? Yeah. But even before that, what am I doing to ensure that I can afford to give 10 cents out of every mm. transaction? Have I, done, have I done a real simple financial analysis? And I know I'm using mm. large words here, but have I gone, how much do I sell it for? What does it cost me? Um, and what, what are the costs that I'm incurring regardless of whether I'm selling yeah. anything? And then how much do I have to sell to actually be able to do that? So structure yeah. is one and the accountability is the other. Mm. Um, one thing that I personally do from an accountability perspective is I'll always talk uh, everywhere about what it is that I'm trying to achieve. Because what it means is people start going, oh, how are you going with the thing? How are you going with the thing? So for a long period of time, I talked about wanting to have a whiskey bar. Oh, how's the whiskey bar going? You got the whiskey bar? You got a whiskey bar? No, don't have it yet, but we'll see. Um, we've now built a factory that has co-working, podcast recording, and a whiskey bar in there. Now, it's not a licensed to public whiskey bar, but for me, I feel like I've ticked that thing that I wanted to achieve. There's a off. bench and there's whiskey. Yeah, but, but I mean, I was held accountable to that, because yes. I, but I, I let that. Now, you can take that a little bit further and say, yeah. well, who in my world can I ask to be accountable to? It mm. might be that you've got a, a business partner, a colleague, a friend, an advisor. Mm. Um, it could be in a formal setting where you're paying for that accountability and their support and their guidance. It could be in an informal setting where it's like, can we catch up for a coffee once a week? And I just love you to hold me more accountable mm. to what I'm trying to do. And I think that accountability is interesting because particularly in business, when you start making profit, 
Man, you can do cool things with money, but if you want to have impact and have purpose, you have to be careful that that profit doesn't kind of glaze you over and all of a sudden mm. you're doing and making bad decisions with it that you forget about what you're actually starting to try to achieve. Mm. And I know through business I've had moments of that where it's like, yo, we've got all this money, look at us go. And then like the profit thing is sitting in the back going, hey, you forgot about me. And you're like, shit, I've got to go back down there to pick that up again. Mm. But because we've taken off, I've taken my team on a journey where they've forgotten about that we're here for purpose. Now I have to take everybody back to the start. Mm. So the accountability is really important, I think, there mm. in terms of how you go about doing that. What a wonderful way to summarise and a beautiful spot to wrap. Thank you everyone so much for coming to our June session. We will be back in July on the new topic to be revealed very soon. To be revealed. To be revealed. Um, so yeah, thank you so much and we'll see you all next time. Have an awesome Friday. Thank you so much for coming. Pleasure, mate. That was fun. <laughs>